history of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in a Sooner state of mind. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Sooner state of mind, fam. Not to start this episode as a complete buzzkill, but there is no way in hell that was not pass interference. We knew the Big 12 did not want us to leave as champions, but that was so blatant and not just a maybe. It was clear and by the book, absolutely pass interference. We will get back to that. Ugh, the final chapter of Bedlam will forever be sullied and illegitimate, but nonetheless will go into the record books as a 27-24 victory for the Pokes. That drops OU's all-time record to 91 wins, 20 losses, and 7 ties. Another slow start, another slop-filled game, chock full of mistakes and penalties. So much so that it really wasted a great defensive performance. And when you're minus two in the turnover ratio, you lose most of the time. And it could have been worse. Sooners had four fumbles on the day, lucky to only lose two of them. But even with all those mistakes, this game should have been ours. I said in the last episode, and I quote, does one quote themselves? I guess I does. Anyway, my exact words were, do not expect to get any love from these refs on Saturday. Actually, expect just the opposite. That way, you'll be pleasantly surprised if the refs don't screw us in this game. The only way to avoid that is to not make it close enough that a crap call can sizzle us, end quote. Well, we were unable to do that on Saturday, and a crap call ended up sizzling us big time. That was our parting gift from the Big 12. And of course, I want us to win the rest of our games, but none of it really matters now. But this team is going to have to dig deep. Got to find a way. And you know, 
I always try to stay on the side of the coach and not be too reactionary, but I'm not sure Levy is the right fit moving forward. And no, the mistakes weren't his fault and the turnovers weren't his fault. And the non-call on the pass interference was definitely not his fault. However, this offense never seems to have a flow. We do some things well, no question. I just never feel like there's a cohesiveness to this offense. And I absolutely hated the call on fourth down. You know, if you want to run it out, that's fine. But at least make sure that route goes to the sticks. A third and a, a three yard out on fourth and five, I hate it. You also roll to the left, giving the defenders way less field to cover, kind of helping them out. You cut the field in half. Also, only one DG called run. I felt like there were plays to be had with DG's legs. But Levy never dialed it up. Also, I don't feel like he calls plays early to set things up later. I don't feel like we see that. Now, one of the play calls that I did like from Levy was the Stoops touchdown in the second quarter. Started him in the backfield, and then DG faked the run. The receiver cleared, and then it left Stoops wide open. Boom, touchdown. And we never saw that play again. But that came a little bit later. And for the second week in a row, we started the game down 7 nothing. And I thought OSU came out with a great plan early on, leaning heavy on the play action. Bowman was sharp, going to Owens often, four times alone on the opening drive. And on the day, Owens finished with 10 catches for 136. Presley, we talked about him too, hurting us. He was eight for 97. It just felt like more. I have to go back and check. It felt like a lot more than that. And we got a good taste of Ollie Gordon on that opening drive, which he capped with a 20-yard touchdown run. That dude is as good as advertised. But on the day, I felt like we did a pretty good job on Gordon. He did finish 33 carries for 137 and two touchdowns. But that was under five yards a carry, which is way under what he had been doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And up front, I feel like our guys stopped him several times for minimal or no gain. They were much better at getting off blocks in this game than they were last week against Kansas. And of course, Gordon was going to get his, just have to try to limit it. And I am not mad at what the defense was able to do against him. I thought Alan Bowman was pretty good too. He had stretches of the game when he was really sharp, but I felt like, the defense made him work for everything. On the day, 28 of 42, 334 yards. It's around 65% or something. His lone TD came on a 13-yard run at the beginning of the second quarter. Went untouched right up the middle. Great play call by the Okie State OC. He missed a few throws, but he didn't make any huge mistakes. The same could not be said for our Sooners. Second quarter in this game. Sooners driving. Levy calls a direct snap to Barnes. Now, Barnes should be able to handle that play. But 
you're asking a player that's played very few snaps to do something they don't normally do. I thought it was too cute and we didn't need it at the time. There's lots of stuff to bitch about, but we outgained them in total yards, outgained them in pass yards, outgained them in rush yards, yards per carry, yards per catch. How do you lose a game like that, you might ask? Penalties and turnovers. Three turnovers on the day. Four fumbles, but luckily only lost two. Eight penalties for 55 yards, but it definitely felt like much more than that, and they were very timely. Our biggest efficiency, time of possession. OSU won that by almost 15 minutes, a quarter of the game. Most of that did happen early on, and we did recover later. But despite that time of possession difference, we were still right freaking there. It sucks that Stoops made so many big-time plays in this game and was not rewarded with a win. Second quarter, third and eight from the OSU 29. A screen to Stoops. Stog doesn't get his block. It's a loss of six. And instead of a 45-yard field goal, it's now a 51-yarder. And, of course, we miss. And with that miss, we go into halftime down by three, 17 to 14. And yeah, we definitely could have used those points. Shades of the UCF game. But we deferred and we get the ball first in the third quarter, which I like. So I can't be too angry about us being down 7 nothing um, before we got the ball in the first quarter. But I would still prefer to get that possession in the third, whatever. I'm getting in the woods here. But our first possession of the third quarter, <clears throat> a couple plays in. Dylan Gabriel trying to go deep. He gets hit while he's trying to throw. Throw comes up short. Dylan Smith with the interception. I thought there was pass interference on the play, but I know we're not getting that call if it's not totally blatant. Turns out we're not getting those calls either. Nonetheless, the pokes take over, but the ensuing OSU possession, Spears Jennings makes a huge individual play on fourth and one, gets the stop, turnover on downs. Defense bailed us out on the day. That defense held the pokes to just one of four on fourth down. That was a huge play, and Spears Jennings flashed Several times on the day, did a great job. One of several on the defensive side of the ball. And at the time, I wondered if that stop was going to be the play to turn the game around. And for a minute, it felt like it was. Now the Sooners facing a third and 13. DG to who else? Drake M. Effing stoops. A gain of 25 on a sick, sick route. Post corner. Huge. The very next play. Tawee Walker, 23 yards to the house. Touchdown. Great blocks by Green and Rouse. They pulled from the right or pulled from the left over to the right. 
set up blocks at different levels. One of the best plays for offensive line all year and one of the best running plays I've seen us do. It was Tawi's first touch of the game. OU's first lead of the game. Finally, 21-17, midway through the third quarter. It's just hard to get any momentum going in this thing for either team. Ensuing Okie State possession. Third and two, Kip Lewis and Rondell Bothroyd make a huge stop, setting up a fourth and one. Trace Ford, baby, and Kip Lewis get the huge stop on Gordon. Sooners take over on downs again. And you know my man Trace Ford wanted to shine in this game. And he did in what at the time was the biggest moment so far. Great to see Trace do well in this one. But the slop that we've been talking about for the last few weeks now reared its ugly head. False start on second down. Sets up a third and 15. Gabriel to Stog for 10. It would have been a first down. But with that penalty, now it's fourth and five. The Sooners going for it. Had a lot of those possessions kind of where it was too far for a field goal, too close for a punt. Let's go ahead and go for it on fourth down. And I've been calling for this dude to get more looks. Brennan Thompson, maybe not on a fourth and five, maybe more over-the-top stuff. Either way, Thompson drops it. But it didn't matter as Nick Anderson was flagged for offensive pass interference. Damn, these refs are giving out these pass interference calls like they are candy. Offensive? Either way, pokes take over. Moving into the fourth quarter. Still holding on to that 21-17 lead. Sooners are up, but the pokes are driving. In my opinion, Oklahoma State offensive coordinator Casey Dunn had been calling a great game, especially early on. Lots of play action, kept the Sooners off balance. But this play was not one of his good calls. OSU, first and 10 on the Sooners, 28. Dunn dials up a halfback pass. There's pressure and Gordon panics and he lobs one up. Mr. Billy Bowman snatches that thing, returns it 36 yards to the OU 44. I thought it was just way too cute when they didn't need it. Bowman had hit his last six passes at that point. Once again, this time for the Pokes, why put a player in a position to do something they don't normally do? It's first down at OU's 28. You want Gordon with the ball? Let him run. Don't make him pass. I mean, I was happy he did, but it was just a terrible call. You didn't need it. Gave the Sooners life. And what can you say about Billy Bowman? This dude always seems to be in the mix at the biggest time. A nose for the ball. A knack for the huge play. I really hope this dude comes back for his senior year. 
With that interception and good field position, it's time to extend the lead and put this shit away. But lately, the Sooners haven't been able to get out of their own way. Walker, with a handful of nice runs, almost houses one if he could just keep his balance, just barely touch the elbow to the ground. He would have been gone. And I love that dude. I love the way he plays. I love the way he runs. Just it's fun to watch, man. That being said, the Sooners faced a fourth and five from the OSU 40. Like I said, kind of in no man's land there, too far for a field goal, too close for a punt. Sooners line up to go for it, but DG with a quick kick. Fruit downs that thing at the two. Some great execution there. Got just what we wanted out of it. Buried those fools deep. Going to make them have to work. The ensuing Okie State possession was a straight repeat of the KU Nightmares from last week. I mean, carbon copy. Third and five from their own eight. And what looked like to me as offensive pass interference on Owens was actually defensive pass interference on Vickers. Looked to me like Owens pushed Vickers down. But whatevs, as long as we get that call too, I can live with it. But BV thought it was a crap call too, and he told the ref that he thought it was offensive pass interference. And Pop Pop went straight to the flag. Hits BV with a personal foul. Are you kidding me? At the time, I thought that would be the biggest horseshit move by the refs, but I was dead wrong about that. It didn't look to me like BV MF this guy. I don't think BV is an MF dropper. Either way, they flag him, giving those pokes another free 15. And I'm sorry, man. I would think that whatever happened would have to be egregious in the fourth quarter of a four-point game with the major Big 12 implications on the line. To call a personal foul on a coach? Well, apparently not. Pop Pop thought that was a great time to throw a flag. Well, at least they're calling everything, you know. Or are they? Two plays later, second and four. Bowen to Rashad Owens again. This time... He gets help with a little block in the back on PJ by fullback Braden Cassidy. Not only that, but the block in the back is what sprung Owens. Go back, take a look. Clear as day. No call. These refs are shameless in the way they are calling this game one-sidedly. And yes, I used shameless as a Garth Brooks, Okie State reference. I still have to throw meta in, even with the loss. Still, clearly a penalty. Go look. I don't know how they miss it. It's right there. Anger grows. The Sooners are getting no Big 12 love on their farewell tour. And stupid Texas fan might be talking crap right now, but they're going to get their parting gift too. Trust me. You'll see it happen. Four plays later, another PRA call on the Sooners. Looked to me like an uncatchable ball unless you were 
up in about the fifth row of the stands. Pokes don't care, though. They turn that pass interference call into another Ollie Gordon touchdown and a 24-21 fourth quarter lead with just under eight minutes left in the game. No prob, Bob. It's dime time. Let DG cook. But a bad snap bounces off Gabriel's legs and into the hands of Cody Walterscheid. Definitely starting to look like 2022 all over again. But this year, we have a defense, and they are good. They don't bend. They don't break. They hold these pokes to three points, but now it's a six-point lead, 27-21. Ensuing OU possession, Dylan Gabriel over the top, 46 yards to Farouk. Refs forced to call the blatant P.I., or so I thought, but the Sooners didn't need it as Jaleel makes the sick catch. Great concentration by Farouk. Sooners moving. Two plays later, Sooners with a third and 12. Gabriel with a dime to Stoops. It's going to be a touchdown, but Dylan Smith drags Drake Stoops out of bounds, pulling him to the ground, holding his left arm. Stoops still almost makes the one-armed catch. Can't do it, but the P.I. will give the Sooners a first and goal at the two. But there is no flag. What? Are you freaking kidding me? As many flags as they've thrown in this game, blatant P.I. in the end zone, right in front of the ref, the defender doesn't pull stoops down. It's the go-ahead touchdown. The commentators can't believe it. The network rules expert says it is clearly pass interference. There's no way they don't make that call right there. This PI even more blatant than the non-call from 2021. This shit feels like retribution, man. Sooners getting punished by the Big 12 for taking their earning power and leaving for the SEC. There's no way they wanted OU winning the Big 12 on their way out of the conference. Can't make me believe any differently. I'm raging. I'm sure Sooner Nation is too. Have to settle for three, but this game is just being taken from us. Sooners do tack on three and cut the lead in half, but they aren't going to give us that call. If they're not going to, there's no way we can win this game. Defense comes up huge yet again, forces a punt, going to get the ball back first and 10 on their own 20, minute 53 and one timeout left. This can be a legend-making drive, a Heisman drive, a Bedlam drive, a Big 12 drive, CFP drive, but will it? Big play to Stoops, gets the ball out the midfield. But now the Sooners with the fourth and five. And this play call made me rage almost as hard as a non-call. Well, not really, not even close, but I still have plenty of rage left for that call. Levy rolls DG to the left, sends Stoops on a three-yard out. He catches it, but is immediately pulled down two yards short of the first. Game over. I hate the isolation. I hate rolling left, cutting the field in half. I hate a three-yard route when you need five. At least have the route go to the sticks. Maybe Stoops ran it short, but I don't think so. We saw that same play called against Texas, and the throw didn't make it, but that would have been short there too. I love Stoops being the guy when the game's on the line. But for down and distance, that's a terrible play. And just like that, every door to anything besides 
A mid-delayed December bowl is slammed shut. No CFP. No Big 12 title. You lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. What's left? 10 or 11 wins still on the table. But right now, even that feels very hollow. And it also sucks that we've been waiting for nine weeks to get a big run. And Gavin Sawchuk delivered 13 for 111, including that 64-yard touchdown. We've been waiting for it. Walker, 8 for 59 with a 23-yard touchdown. Had some hard, punishing runs. The run game looked even better this week. But only 21 carries between Sawchuk and Walker. Even when this offense is doing things well, it still doesn't have an identity. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what they're even trying to do. And I know last week we said we didn't throw enough. And this week we're saying we didn't run enough. But I don't think it doesn't feel like there's a plan with it. Drake Stoops, man. I said I wanted Stoops with at least eight grabs and two touchdowns. He had 12 for 134 and a touchdown. Would have had two if it was not for the P.I., which wasn't called. He was awesome, and he deserved to win. Farouk, 7 for 98 with a huge 46-yarder, but not enough. Nick Anderson had some good, 3 for 92, but a huge drop on a big play that was maybe a touchdown. I mentioned this earlier. Defense holds the pokes to 1 of 4 on 4th down, keeping us in the game at critical moments. And as good as Kip Lewis was, and he was really good, and he's on his way to being great, it's hard not to think that Danny Stutzman would have made at least one huge play somewhere in this game that might have made a difference. But I got no beef on how Kip or the defense played. I thought Kip was phenomenal. I mean, maybe they were a little soft in coverage, but for the most part, they were really good, and Kip absolutely balled out. Bothroyd was good. Trace Ford was good. Kobe McKenzie, Kendall Doby, Spears Jennings, Woody, Bowman. There's more, but all those guys flashed. So what do we do now? Got to find a way to rally. And as crappy as this feels now, not finishing strong, we'll feel much crappier. At least now we can wind up in a whatever bowl versus USC. Let's go. We should be able to find the joy in that, right? Losses like that make it hard to care about the rest of the games, but even though emotions are still raw right now, we got some recaps. Number 23, KSU at number 7, Texas. Texas wins 33-30 to in overtime. KSU down by 20. They roar back. A missed field goal and a missed extra point, or they win that game in regulation. Still forced overtime. Texas gets a field goal on their first possession. K-State goes for it on fourth and four. They don't convert. The Horns escape with the win, and I don't mind going for it. But if the plan was to go on fourth, maybe run on third to make it a little easier. K-State was the better team for most of that game, but it does not matter. Not because I'm despondent, though, but because they lost. Number 12, Missouri. At number two, Georgia. Georgia wins 30-21, to 21 and Mizzou hung around for a while. And it was tied, actually, 10-10 at the half. But then the Dogs outscored Missouri 14-3 in the third quarter before just pulling away. Another easy win for them Dogs. 
Number 21, Kansas at Iowa State. Kansas wins 28-21. Cyclones got it down to a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, but then Jason Bean hits Lawrence Arnold. You might remember that guy for an 80-yard touchdown. And that was a wrap on the clones. Number five, Washington. And number 20, USC. Huskies win 52-42. And this was an awesome game. And since the Sooners had already lost, we didn't even have to root for the Trojans. Oh, Unfortunately, that Sooners loss killed so much of my joy that I didn't fully get to fully enjoy watching Dylan Johnson go 26 carries for 256 yards and four touchdowns on that Trojan defense. That actually did bring me some joy. Trojans have lost three of four and have given up at least 41 points in five of their last six games. Number 14, LSU at number eight, Alabama. Bama wins 42-28. And for a while, this was a great game. Jaden Daniels was pretty awesome until he got knocked out of this one. I don't think it would have mattered. Bama has rebuilt the empire and they're making quick work of rebel scum. Jalen Milrow, 20 carries, 155 yards, and four rushing touchdowns. I fully believe they would smash Texas if they played now, and I think they would beat Georgia if they played right now, too. We'll most likely see how that looks in about a month. Well, there is no joy in Mudville this weekend, but it's better than it was last year, but nowhere near how good it's going to be. We got to rally together, finish strong, don't splinter, stay positive. It's hard right now. I get it, man. I I get it. But we'll still be here, and we will figure out how we're going to rally together to beat a plucky West Virginia team next week. Also, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out our interview with Peach Bowl president and CEO Gary Stokan, go check it out. He shares a lot of really good insight and a lot of great information. That dude has been around and uh, he's seen a lot of sports. Head on over to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows, type in Sooner State of Mind, and you are locked. Ton of great content. Every team, every topic, everywhere. Believe.com. If you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the football dudes. We are there. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Casey Mallon. For better or for worse, I'm still in a Sooner State of Mind, baby. Thanks for listening. Come back next time.